Welcome to episode two of Half Measures with me, Paul Canara, and my colleague, Dan Whiting. Paul, today we've quite an episode lined up. Yeah, we're here to discuss The Rise of Skywalker. Can't wait, can't wait. It's a deep dive. We're probably probably the first on the internet to talk about it. I don't think anyone else has talked about it yet. Definitely haven't. And uh, actually, do you know what, in all seriousness, obviously we're late doing this review, but I think it's good Mm. because I've had Mm. time to think about it. We can reflect, you know. Yep. And actually let it seep in, because when I came out of that cinema, I was so buzzed, and now I've had time to think about it. I've seen it three times. My view's a little bit more rounded than it maybe was ten minutes after walking out of the cinema when most people do their reviews, right? <laughs> so um, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit today about our, our overall thoughts and feelings about The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. We're going to talk about some of the things we um, maybe didn't enjoy, things we did enjoy, how it all connects to the wider... Um, to the wider trilogy and then to the wider saga. Definitely. So um, I think maybe we should just jump into it. No point mucking around. Sure. So I came out of the cinema, especially from the first viewing, as I said, totally buzzed. Mm. For me, I just thought it delivered on everything I wanted. And I found it a really satisfying roller coaster type movie where I wasn't, you know, wasn't slow there was no moments where I felt sort of like it was dragging and you know this movie this movie goes on for a a while and you know two hours 22 minutes it's not short but it didn't feel that that and that's for me sometimes always a measure of a good movie is where it's like you know you've come out of a a Mm three-hour movie and it didn't feel that long that sort of thing so um yeah it didn't feel that long to me at all um so that was my first reactions coming out what about you um, so my, every time I watch a Star Wars movie for the first time, I have this sort of heightened emotion, mm. always kind of waiting to be like, what's kind of going to be the next scene? Are the, I'm kind of going through this mental checklist in my head. Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? When is this going to be closed off? Um, and so it it's always quite an intense experience. Um, and I sort of, uh, then I become conscious of the time. But my overall, my overall feeling is I, is I enjoyed it. Yep. Um, there's definitely bits that you know I would have maybe done different mm. or things which I thought maybe weren't quite as important or where I would have liked the saga to go but I think considering where we've come from with The Last Jedi what they were trying to sort of package up in, in this trilogy yeah. um, overall I enjoyed it and I, I actually really look forward to sitting down and watching The Force Awakens um, The Rise of Skywalker The Last Jedi as a trilogy. As a trilogy. Not, not in that order, though. No. Right? no, that would be a real, real basic mistake. But that's okay. Um, I, do you know what? It's interesting when you talk about um, that heightened sense of emotion watching it for the first time. It's okay, Dan. It's okay. No, no, we'll edit this out, right? We'll edit this out before it goes live. We definitely won't edit it. We're, we're way too lazy for that. Yeah, we're never, never going to edit Look, I think, can, just before we go, this is one of my, my bugaboos with the, with the titles. Yeah. Why are they so similar? Yeah. Why can't they be really different? <laughs> I honestly, every time I think about it, I get the I get the titles all jumbled up. Yeah. It's not like Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, That's right. Once Upon That's a Time. Right. It's That's very right. different. It's right? embarrassing. It's easy. Like we're, we're trying to run a professional business here. I, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm out. I have issues with the title, actually, on the subject of the title. And we'll, we'll, we'll come yeah, to yeah, that as we yeah. talk. But one of the things you said was that heightened sense of emotion being there and wanting to check things off and wondering what the next scene is going to be. Mm. And I'm the same, and I remember being like that in The Last Jedi. Uh, and the second viewing, so much more relaxed 
for me. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then a third viewing, you're starting to take things in in the background and really appreciate some things. But at the same time as you really start to appreciate some things, then you start to spot the things that are kind of like, oh, I would have done that differently, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is actually one of the, the great things about the, the Star Wars saga. And, and you know, all of the, the great sort of classic fan movies or TV shows is it's actually the conversation afterwards yeah. that actually keeps these alive and the, the fan theories that still continue to kind of build and grow even though we've kind of come to an, we've, we've kind of bookended this this part of the saga yeah, for now exactly um, and, and, and the conversation around other things I could have done and that it's so exciting it's always like where, where does it go next and yeah. and I feel like where does it go next We've got TV shows coming up. I don't, right. I don't think we're going to get a movie for a while. So, so for this movie, the the things that I really appreciated, the things that I really loved, and the things that for me are really, you know, those those moments. That I'm so glad they did that. One of the the core things for me was Poe. So Poe was a character in the Force Awakens who I just thought was fantastic. He was great. And then we come into the Last Jedi. And even though I kind of side with him and the whole argument with Admiral Holdo, he was kind of a bit too cocky, you know, rebelling against them. He, he, he kind of went a bit too far. And I loved with this movie how they rounded his character out a bit. They gave him a bit of a backstory to try and, you know, give him a bit more depth. The whole Zori Bliss element, uh, what, you know, this whole dodgy past that he mm-hmm. had. I really, I really enjoyed that. And at the same time, just him alone is not enough. So having him, Finn, and Ray together for so much more, I I really liked, and I love the the, the humor between the characters and those the sort of you know what have you done to my ship? What have you done to my droid? I, I loved all that. Yeah, yeah. I think you know uh, the humor between them was good. I I almost feel the opposite way in the sense that Force Awakens Poe was the almost like the Han Solo of the of the series for yeah, me. He was the like he's, he's the ace pilot. He comes mm. flying in over the water over the lake. Um, you're kind of cheering for them. And to your point, I kind of I agree in um, in the in the Last Jedi that now I've got the titles right in my head. Good. I agree that um, you know he like definitely you kind of felt sorry for him that he was kind of being pushed aside and then he kind of goes like a little bit too far. I wanted more of um, the Force Awakens Poe in um, in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and I. I and I think we got a little little bit of that with the band, but I wanted them to be more of a almost more of a hero, okay. and like he he did have some of those scenes, but I I wanted I want X wing Poe like just yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. and just you know almost like Top Gun Maverick coming in saving the day doing some crazy stunts. That's one hell of a pilot. That's moment. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And more of that. Yeah, actually, I see what you're saying. Like that the band was good, but maybe him and Finn were just a little bit too mm. argumentative towards each other. And because I think that's where like Finn for me is. Okay, for, again, Force Awakens, Finn, great character, mm. kind of set up to be a, central. a a central, potentially main character alongside Rey. Um, I felt like, and then in the the Last Jedi, basically, um, kind of the go we go a little bit wobbly with his story, and then I felt like, and then in the Rise of Skywalker, I felt like we weren't sure what to do with him, so we kind of just made him a, a cool side character. Yep, and the thing that really and I, I think I need to watch the movie a few more times to really decide how I feel about this. But the thing I, that really annoyed me about the Poe-Finn relationship throughout the whole film is they had this great bent, but they also had this 
uh, almost like sexual tension and I feel like and it and it made me feel like are they playing out to that sort of fan theory that actually um, Finn and Poe have this romantic interest and they kind of I felt right. like that I felt like they were dancing around it the whole time yeah and at the end they were like oh nah 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 we're just kidding and like I I wouldn't have cared if they went down that path that it was yeah. a, a romantic interest but I didn't like how they were kind of playing with the idea of it right I, I'm kind of like are you friends or are you lovers? And I kind of felt like they crossed the line a little bit in some of okay. those jokes. I, I remember reading some articles about people saying, oh, Poe's mannerisms, you know, sort of indicated that. And so, yeah, I I, I was actually surprised. I thought maybe Finn and Rose, there was something going mm. going to happen there after they'd also set up Finn and Ray. That's right. It was the whole, you know. And particularly because it almost felt like at times there was a jealousy between the, the three of them. Yeah. Um, and it, it just sort of made me feel unclear about their intentions. But I wonder whether watching it again, now that I know the outcome, I might kind of look at it with different, like sort of fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, but it, it just felt to me, oh, what, what, what way are we going with this? Are yeah. We're we, we leaning into it. And it made me not know how to feel about the, the type of banter and humour between the two of them. Agreed. Okay. Um, switching up a bit... Um, there was a lot of the reaction, and we, we shouldn't talk about the reaction of the fans, but it has been about Palpatine's return. Mm. I love the fact that he was back in this movie. I, um, I have no issues with the fact that they didn't explain how he survived. I don't need to know how he either survived the fall down the Death Star shoot or how you know whether he was a clone or whether his Force Ghost Spirit, whatever. I don't need to know that. I don't need to have everything explained to me. I just love the fact he was back. It's kind of like how I didn't need how the force works to be explained to me by you know episode one um so i, I was fine with that i loved his base his place on on exegol um i loved the the look uh the lighting of those initial scenes how um you never really got a clear view of his face because the light kept changing That's on right. him yep. and and you, and you didn't get a clear view of his face until the until the final scenes with um with ray and ben um dipping into some of the things i wasn't so sure about um at the same time talking about Palpatine here, I didn't like the opening crawl to this movie uh, because it was telling me stuff that I felt would have been really cool to have seen actually play out. So like the dead speak, That's you know, right. Palpatine's message across the galaxy. Mm. Given that they are jumping straight into the Palpatine within the first five minutes of the movie, uh, and there's some great moments in there, like the, the explanation of Snoke, the voices in... Uh, Kylo's head, like you know, having James or Jane back, James back as Vader was great. But why not actually, if you're going to start with that, actually start with the address being heard by people to actually have that shock moment of he's back rather than just putting it in the opening crawl. So that, so I love Palpatine being back. I didn't like necessarily the whole way they introduced him with the crawl. How do you feel about Palpatine? So I think what's really hard, and I, I thought a lot about this coming into this into this conversation is, I feel like lots of my things that I have strong opinions on other things I don't like about about the movie yeah but I just want to really sort of premise like overall a huge Star Wars fan and I I love all of these movies for everything they offer even if it's not what I would have offered I completely agree like Palpatine I thought the scenes with Palpatine and it were great like I think he he definitely stole the show for me yeah I do wish like I don't think he needed to be like he didn't need to be explained mm-hmm. I just think that I would have liked to see him in um, 
the last Jedi potentially that that should have been for me where it came in and I think they just really miss an opportunity to kind of like set him up as the big bad throughout the series and it really felt to me like oh look I love Palpatine it's a great throwback to um, you know to the older older trilogy but I it kind of just felt like at the last minute like the Snoke stuff didn't matter like Snoke gets two two movies mm-hmm. Palpatine gets one like it yeah. didn't, the, the balance didn't feel yeah. right Agreed. and I think they could have dealt with that really easy in the last movie um, just by cutting out all of that casino stuff with uh, Finn Rose um, <clears throat> but I think you know the thing for me that that you know the fact that, and I know that online there's there's that, there's there's two different scripts for this movie for the for the movie floating oh, yeah. around. The original director. And I think the fact that you know Ray is a is a Palpatine, mm-hmm. I actually think kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Not because I didn't like that. I think it's because of the whole way the movie played out. So, I think you could have had Ray as um, Palpatine's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. If Kylo had been the one to survive at the end for me, because okay. I felt like the so the and this is where I get all like the titles of these movies don't make sense to me. Exactly, like, the Rise of Skywalker, like, I, like it, that would have been a great comeback for Kylo Ren to actually I'm embracing the the Skywalker way, and I I felt like it kind of made me care less about Rey in this in this movie. Right. In fact, like the characters I ended up caring about were like I care more about Chewie. Palpatine, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Kylo, um, then I do almost about Ray, which, and it's almost like I I enjoyed the whole controversy throughout the last two movies about like, who is Ray, is she mm-hmm. nobody, does it matter? And you know they could have gone with it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. they could have gone um, another path. And I just, I like the I like Palpatine, I like the Emperor, I just um, I don't I don't know if I overall like the way that they stitched it all together yeah. and I, I just think there's too many missed opportunities I think you're right there and I think one of the things we've talked about before is how because we had three dis, you know, three separate movies with different directors, different writers maybe if they had right from the start said right here's a trilogy of movies we're going to do and actually have some key points that they want a milestone That's right. and keep That's that right. consistency but because we had J.J. Abrams and then Ryan Johnson come in and do some stuff that you know wanted to go in a different direction and then J.J. Abrams come back in and like not run with some of the things that, that Ryan did. And I think that, that that whole Palpatine thing could have been easily stitched into the fabric of it right from oh, the start. Definitely. And, and it would have been really incredible, right? Because I think, when, you know, at the start of this movie, you've got some um, some quite big unexplained things. You know, it starts off with um, with Kylo Ren looking for the holocron. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a whole bunch of, like, I think, you know, I'm just going to divert for a second. Like, things like holocrons, I feel like, yeah, they're touched on the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. but they're actually more dealt with than actually more of the TV shows and the video games. And so they're kind of a little bit, of, as a movie right. goer, a bit more of a foreign concept to probably... Yeah, there'll be a lot of people sitting there going, what is this? What is this thing? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think there's... They kind of made weird choices, and it could have been more interesting for me to see... Like, I was... This, and again, not getting into the why, how Palpatine's got to where he is, but I was actually kind of interested. Like, who are all those people in the stands? Yeah. Like, how does all of this like place work? From? Like, how are, are all of those? You know, as a friend of ours said, how are all of those ships manned by clone, um, clone Snokes. Snokes? Yeah. And I think there's some really like dark and interesting things they could have explored, which would have been almost much more interesting and sort of like this really would have been like the rise again mm. of, of the empire it was and more that actually this film actually could have been titled the rise of Palpatine because essentially Ray was a Palpatine <laughs> and it's like the change of Palpatine from bad, bad and, to good. and I think and that's where it kind of sits weird for me because this is 
kind of a story about Rey, it actually makes me wonder whether this is almost kind of like, is this actually part of the Star Wars yeah. saga? Yeah. And, you know, we've had, we've had a few conversations about this. But I think the other thing about this for me is, you know, to your point, talking about it would have been cool to see the Emperor kind of have, uh, um, or Sidious, or whatever you want to call him, uh, an impact on the galaxy yep. would have been quite cool. And to see yep. different people kind of like like feeling a stir in, in the dark side or this presence because at the end of the film when they basically put out that final call and all those ships appear yeah i kind of felt like they were going for an avengers endgame moment where all of the heroes are coming back together to actually deal with this but it kind of felt to me like like it was kind of dumb luck that all those all those ships turned up because everyone yeah. had kind of turned their back on them at every other point. I know that where were, were so... those guys at the end of Last Jedi yeah. when they were putting the call out? Like Suddenly they're... Lando turns up and he's called a thousand yeah. ships. Yeah, like they're oppressed by everybody and everyone's kind of lost hope. But then Chewie and Chewie and Lando go out and make the call and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. all right, bro, we're in let's there. do it. We're in. We're in. If you're in Lando, yeah. we're in. It's the Rick and Morty meme. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah. a couple of things you you said there that I want to pick up on. So. Going back to the whole Palpatine being stitched in, they did that really well with episodes one, two, and three. So the Sidious character was always in the background, just that, that hologram. Right. And then That's all of right. a sudden, Revenge of the Sith, here I am, I turn up. And you also called him Sidious, and that was something else I, I thought of, which I, was, I expected the Emperor character to identify more as Darth Sidious rather than as actually Palpatine. Um, it's not a big, big thing for me, but... Uh, for me, it felt like Sidious was his true identity. Palpatine was the puppet at the front. And the fact that Luke referred to him as Darth Sidious in the last movie, I really liked how that stitched the movie together. And this is where I think they have to, because there's, like, this is where they actually have to dumb it down for the, the kind of the average Joe who's just yeah. like, look, I don't care about any of the, I don't care about the Clone Wars, yeah. I don't care about Mandalorian, I don't care about anything else, I just watch the Star Wars movies and that's enough for me. It's it's too deep, but I think yeah. the, the people that really love Star Wars know all of these different names, they know all the different options, they know how all of this universe connects together, and they they want those sort of hard call-outs. And one final thing on Palpatine before we move away from him. So Ray is the granddaughter because he had a son. Wait a second, Palpatine has a son? Mm-hmm. So what? We, we don't care about the son? What, the, the, the bad force, dark side, skipped a generation? <coughs> how, why are we ignoring the son? And, and why does his son look like Uncle Owen? And like he just—he he seemed like a nobody. It, it seemed really weird that I, yeah. I agree. I feel like it's one of those points that was like, oh God, like there's so many questions. But I think because there's so many questions in the wider story, everyone's just yeah. like, oh look, I'm not willing to lift up that rock at the moment and deal with it. And he's but, hooked up with uh, Jodie Comer from Killing Eve as well, which was unexpected. Yeah, as, that's right. As Ray's mother. That's right. Okay. Um, I, I think the, the the other big question for me is, so who who is Ray's grandmother? You know. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, yeah, there's so much to dive into That's there. Right. That's right. Um, so a couple other real quick things that I loved about this movie. Um, when Ray brought down the the, the trooper carrier, which mm. we thought might have Chewie on board, um, putting aside the whole Chewie aspect, yes, I loved the forced lightning aspect. Like, oh yeah, that was kind yeah. of like a, you know. So people cross that line. We saw Luke maybe crossing that line in the last shadow when he thought about killing Ben. And, and you know, I think you know, like her powers, like that's a great Palpatine callback, right? To have the do the Force lightning, yeah. obviously getting really powerful. But again, I felt like, I, I, and this is why I feel like it's so hard for me to talk about this movie without sounding like such a negative. We're here to criticize and put it apart, though, aren't we? And but I feel like I I I don't want to just add add fuel to the fire. Like I do want, like I I do enjoy it, but I feel like it's so hard for me not to have our it listeners. Been. I think they know us well enough. To know that we love Star Wars. 
Yeah, and carry on, carry on. I've, I've lost my trend. I've, I've got too many, too many rants. Yeah, and I know we could go on to the whole is Chewie dead? Is he not? Thing yeah, that was yeah. that was kind of crazy. Um, another thing I really liked because uh, the character of Hux has got less and less important in this trilogy after a real strong start. You know, we think about him in Force Awakens yeah, speech. Right. I love the fact that uh, they called him out as the as the traitor just and purely because he just simply hates Kylo Ren that mm, much mm. after what happened in The Last mm. Jedi that he's like, I don't care, I just want him to fail. I, I love the simplicity of that. And alongside that, I love General Pride. Firstly, the actor Richard E. Grant was fantastic. Secondly, the fact that this character obviously worked with and for Palpatine back in the, the Imperial days. Uh, and also just his real simplicity of, right, you're the traitor, you're the spy, I'm um, shooting you, you're dead. And that's no messing about, no, like a real... And there was actually quite a dark moment, I think, for within the Star Wars movies, because yeah. most people kind of... Execution. It, like, execute isn't really a common thing. You might get put in a prison, mm. you might get put in a cell, there might be, you know, there's a few different paths that might go down. There's not many just walk up and shoot you. And I think yeah. that kind of speaks to where we're at in the trilogy. We're like, look, we don't really have time to deal with no. a, a 10 to 15 minute kind of like what could happen from here. So... You're gone. You're gone. Yeah. We're wrapping up loose ends. Um... One character I think deserves mention is Lando Calrissian. Now, for me, Lando in this movie, when I heard he was coming into it at age 83 or something like that, I was like, wow, how's that going to work? But I thought, A, I thought he looked really good. The voice is still immaculate. I loved the introduction of the character in disguise. <coughs> and there was just enough of him in there um, to, to, to make it a nice cameo without it being, you know, I'm angry about Wedge's cameo, right? One line, three seconds. Mm. There was so much more there for Wedge, especially given the events that happened yeah, in, right. in the novel yeah. Resistance Reborn as well. There's a lot of stuff there for Wedge. But Lando, I thought, was great. Uh, him talking about his mission with Luke, where they were off searching for that Jedi hunter. I think there's a book there waiting to happen, or a novel, or, or something, or a comic. Um, but I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have Lando back, and I, I, I just felt it was. Um, you know, just the right balance for a cameo for him. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that there's there's so many callbacks to characters here, which I think could have been like some of them were some of them were great, some of them were kind of I think overstayed their welcome. Some of them had kind of caused some different problems, and I think so. For me, I think having seen Lando, like young Lando in Solo, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I've, I've kind of I have. In the trilogy, in the original trilogy, always enjoyed Lando. I don't think he offered anything new or special for me here. Right. And I think because like there's still this like with with the layer stuff, we're still dealing with buddy three PO banging around. Um, oh. <laughs> like, like we've got Chewie, like we've we've got Han, like we've got so many like callbacks. I, and I feel like they've the direction they kind of going with this this is this is a new story for a new era and yeah. i felt like constantly calling it back to the the older characters would have been cool if that's the way they're going with the story mm-hmm. but i again it just sent me this mixed message of what what way are we going with this and it, it felt like more of a fan service than necessarily um critical to the story oh it's, look you're right it wasn't critical to the story and yeah maybe it was fan service and maybe that's why the cameo wasn't too long but i felt he was a main character for those last two movies of the original trilogy for me and to not have him included would be a disservice and I think especially with, with, with Carrie Fisher not being available to you know to shoot scenes for these movies when she passed away made 
and the, the fact that we'd already lost Han mm. and Luke was mm. now a force ghost that um, there was space for him to, to come in and I thought he did, did well there. And I think so, just talking about some of the other characters, well, we, um, uh, like it really, like though I I enjoyed the scenes that Leia was in and I like Leia is a, is a great character. It, I actually think it would have been almost more interesting for me if they actually, if she had died in, right. in, in the previous movie because... When she was floating in space? When, yeah, when she was... Like, 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 because Jedi's aren't superheroes, and I think what they... You know, and I think it's... I don't know that Snoke's just a clone. Like, Snoke actually died pretty easily. Yeah. And I think in Order 66, a lot of the Jedi's died really easily. And I feel like we can't have these um, Fast and the Furious kind of, like, Vin Diesel metahumans that kind of can just survive. Please never scenario. mix these two genres together <laughs> ever again. Um, and so... I enjoyed Leia, but I also kind of felt like I kept waiting for. Oh, they're gonna have. There's gonna be some awkward kind of death death scene for her, and and I think that, considering where things were left in the last movie, this movie I think they dealt with it really well. Yeah. Um, but it's just another kind of like scrappy piece of this puzzle because I think the the overall architecture wasn't there yeah. for anyone to kind of connect into. Yeah, the, the the Leia scenes for me, whilst it was obviously lovely to see her again, um, there were some moments, and I picked up on this again on the second third viewing where. Obviously, they were using cut scenes from The Force Awakens. That's right. And so that dialogue, to try and retrofit it into a, a new film, there were some scenes where it became really difficult and quite forced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were a little bit of painful moments. Um, and the, the flashback with her and Luke in the training. That's right. I really enjoyed that moment. When they both flipped up their helmets and you could see their younger faces, that was okay, but... You know, I never had a problem with uh, Tarkin in Rogue One CGI or Leia CGI in, in Rogue One, but this one, I felt like it really looked like I was watching a video game. At that that's time. right, that's right. Maybe it, it was the lighting. It did feel like that. And I, like, so I think, again, like, that's a really cool moment because it's like, oh, it's actually really cool that like Luke and Leia actually train yeah. together and like, and then actually where Leia's um, skills and, p- and power kind of increases. Yeah. And I think, so this connects me to sort of this this other missing piece for me in the film, and I actually think I have to apply this to at least the last two movies, is that Ray ultimately is quite powerful in this film. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you think about um, Luke in the original trilogy, and trilogy, trilogy, what's that? <laughs> what's a, what's a trilogy? Out. Trilogy. Oh, that's not good. So you you basically when, like Luke has these different attires throughout the film, and so you know. In the in the first film, he's kind of wearing his almost like his karate gi, and is like you know he's, he's in the desert. Right. And by by the time we get to the end, like he's he's in full black. Yeah. He's wearing like a hood, and I feel like with Ray, there was some like a really important power shift in her. But we always, whenever we saw her training, like it wasn't that great. Like she was always like she wasn't that powerful, uh-huh. and and I felt like what was kind of almost the disconnect for me is. By the time that it was revealed, like, you know, by the time we've kind of got um, Ray fighting um, Palpatine, she's actually, like, pretty highly skilled, but the flashbacks were always just like her running or her outfits were just a slow, subtly changed. I didn't really get the sense that there'd kind of been this intense period of training for her and her becoming this master Jedi. Great. So it just, it just kind of felt like, a, a, again, a bit of a, a missed opportunity to, to tell more of that story. It, it would have been cool to actually see more of her training and what's actually made her almost sort of acquire some of these yeah. skills. Like, because we're bringing in Force Healing, we've got Force Lightning. I feel like there's a movie there just almost like in between just focusing on those characters and yeah, that's being, right. rather than the Skywalker so like actually how Ray becomes a Jedi yeah. or maybe a TV series 
Um, I, so, oh, sorry, sorry, carry no, on. I was just, I just so I'd say it's one thing positive, and, and I'm not the, the downer of the entire podcast, is I, I think that, you know, the, the best character for me across the whole, the whole trilogy is Kylo Ren. And I think, right. um, like, like emo moody Kylo Ren is just I feel like he's everything I want in a in a Sith character. Yeah. Um, who's kind of like I'm I'm a bit angry and I'm going down a dark path and um and I really enjoy when his his temper gets the best of him and he's he's just out there slaying and and for me I just like he's he's actually such a, like Adam Driver is such a great actor. Yeah. I felt like he really. Even at times when I I wasn't enjoying the direction they were going, I just love his, his presence on screen. Yeah, really enjoyable. Strong actor mm. and losing his temper that moment in the Force Awakens was always. Oh, that's the, that's the best. The greatest. Right? And, and that's that's what I liked about the, the opening the opening scenes where um, Kylo Ren is just basically just taking people down. No, like, like no no, no worries in the world like that, like that. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I, I, Good call. Mm. And yeah. Uh, good character, and if we could refer to him as Ben Solo now, for right, I'd appreciate that. Well, you see, let's not go there. Right. Um, the fleet. So Lando and Chewie put the call out, and everyone turns out for the party. Uh, putting aside why didn't they do that earlier? That moment when you see the fleet, I thought was fantastic. Um, I also noticed, and I'm going to have to watch all nine movies again just to, to be sure. But double cheek. This is the first time when you see that the fleet. They actually play the Star Wars theme, the fanfare, the main. Mm. Do you know the, the theme that when they're right. on the yeah. crawl? They play that music over, and I don't recall many scenes, if any. Not with ships, really, is there? Well, just mm. just with that music being played, and um, so many ships that you can recognise there. If you're a fan of TV shows, the the Ghost several times you can see. I think the Colossus from the Resistance TV mm. show shows up. So I really, I love the look of the fleet. Uh, another big one. I really love C three PO's role in this movie I felt like this is the first time he's actually had a purpose since Return of the Jedi and uh, the last two movies he's really just been for me just stuck there because he's always been there whereas this time you know he had the whole interpretation uh, the, mm. the Sith bit uh, him and Babu Frick together um, I really really enjoyed C-3PO in this movie flip side there what, where's R2-D2 what is he doing what? yeah definitely I think this is sort of like so I Completely agree with you. Um, in fact, because I've kind of enjoyed 3PO as a real background character of just a couple of uh, random lines. Like, my favourite yeah. 3PO line is just, like, you probably don't recognise him from the, my red arm. Like, yeah. it's, it's so, <laughs> like, that, that's just the right amount of 3PO. Um, and it was it was interesting to kind of see him back. I completely agree. Like, R2-D2 is such a... When you think Star Wars, yeah. Luke and R2, are they, like, they're a core component of, of the whole series. Yeah. And I think... You know, I really like Babu Frick, I like BB-8, um, I, I even like Dio, um, and I feel like there's all these kind of, like, um, interesting little characters, um, but I feel like, again, are we, even BB-8's role was kind of minimised a little yeah. bit in this film, and That's I feel right. like he was kind of built, like, he was he was the new, the modern day R2-D2 for me, and it's a shame to have to have these kind of new cutesy characters yeah. at the expense of a really yeah. great already right. established character. R2-D2 had a big role in the in the prequel trilogy as well whereas 3PO was always the comic relief there. That's right. Uh, I felt that we could add a lot more R2 in this movie even in The Last Jedi he had that great scene with Luke. Um, Dio okay so other than giving us J.J. Abrams voice uh, I didn't think he added anything into the, into the movie I felt that that was an opportunity for us to have a little bit more BB-8 because BB-8 had a very minimal role in this right. movie, mm. so um, so yeah, interesting, interesting uh, chat on the droids. Um, uh, 
the remains of the second Death Star, I loved that. Uh, what I wasn't sure about was that group of extra stormtroopers, that gang with, with Jenna and the rest of them. Like, I felt like there's already enough going on in this movie. Have we really got time to, to learn about these new characters? That's right. Um, I, don't, I don't think we do, but I loved the whole being on the Death Star and then Ray climbing up through it, like, like when she was a scavenger, being able to navigate That's that right. really good. And yep. then the music callback from Return of the Jedi. And then when she sees that dark version of herself, mm. um, I, I thought all of that was really well done. Um, I think that, you know it's a really good point that there's they kind of introduce it, like there's kind of in, like a character like Gina, right, who probably ultimately is potentially Lando's daughter. Um, you heard about that? <clears throat> I've heard about it. Um, I've heard some things. I'm, mm. I'm around. You're a connected guy. Um, but I feel like again, like too too late. Yeah. Like and I. I and I'm kind of like the, the point they come in in the movie I'm like look we don't have time to hear your backstory that's it I don't care that you're an ex-stormtrooper yep. the fact that you've got a horse kind of worries me that like you're going to bring these into battle um, yeah, we don't need any more horses and it, yeah and it comes back to actually like what like we, we're missing this overall architecture of what's important yeah and I think there's things that you, I would probably would have if I was directing this movie you know which J.J. Abrams call us Kathleen yeah. Kennedy yeah, didn't, where was the call? Yeah, like, if, if you want to do a, a, a supercut, we're going to have to bring some people in for some reshoots. Agreed. But, um, um, look, I, I, frustrating missed opportunities because I think as fans, you're so, you're, you're wanting this whole universe to connect together mm-hmm. and, and you're never going to please everyone. No. Um, but I think it's, I think that's the bit that frustrates people is when it feels like there's, there's wasted time and energy on yeah. scenes that aren't important. And I think, and that, and that kind of was is the, the same with Game of Thrones, where a lot of people's anger is, like, don't build up these big plot points and don't deal with them, and right. then focus on, on these little nuggets, which, look, aren't important right now. Okay. Yeah. Look, you touched on an interesting subject, because we haven't got time to meet Jada and these other people. You know, we, we met Rose in The Last Jedi, and Ryan Johnson brought her to the fore, especially in that scene with Finn, and now suddenly... The gang are going to go off, and Rose is like, "Oh, General Lair wants me to stay here and study some schematics or something." Basically, JJ's is saying, "No, I'm not having Rose in this movie, and she's going to stay here with the gang uh, back at base." And it's kind of like I feel disappointed in that because we, we, we met Rose and we got to know her, and I wanted her character to have a good, a good finish, a good story act. But at the same time, my voice is going. We haven't got time for Rose. We we're just saying we haven't got time for R2-D2 or we haven't got enough time for Chewie or whatever. So why should we have time for Rose? But if you're going to bring a character in, you've got to round it out. I just didn't like the whole dropping of that character. And, and, and I think, I completely agree. Like, it would have... Because if they brought Rose in, that would have been the chance to actually create the love interest between, um, I think, Rose and Finn rather than yep. almost kind of bringing in another, yep. another angle. Um, and I think we're... Like, what, the only reason Rose, like, in my mind, like, if you think about it, not from a director point of view, but from a, uh, if this was a, a real-life scenario, had such a main role in that movie is mm-hmm. because of where she ran into Finn. She kind of got dragged into some action where she's normally a bit of a behind-the-scenes player, engineer. Yeah. And so it would kind of make sense that she's not putting herself um, back in such a high-risk scenario. But I think from a storytelling perspective... Again, it, 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 make, it makes people frustrated that you've kind of wasted my time. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, so uh, one last character I want to mention, and this is going to be for super geeks out there, was um, Aftab Akbar, um, who 
doesn't really get mentioned by Ag- name. Agba's son. Agba's son. So this is a character who was first introduced in the comic book uh, uh, Allegiance. Mm. It's part of the journey of the Rise of Skywalker, and it's just another nice moment where a character who starts in a comic makes it to the big screen. He has a couple of lines in the background. You can hear him, uh, just like we had with Saw Gerrera in Rogue One coming out of the Clone Wars right. series. I really appreciated that, just making those... For someone like you know, comic book fans making those things even more canon by bringing them into the big screen. And together, that's where you know, like say that say the Gina's character yeah. could have still been like that, but we yeah. didn't have to spend ten minutes on kind of her telling her story and yeah. And I think because those moments are the things that fans love to kind of dig into and dive into, and who was that, and let's kind of theorize about it. Yeah. And so it's almost like choosing the choosing the right ones to kind of park and choosing the right ones to kind of dig in dig into. Agreed. So my my favourite moment for me on reflection still is, and it's not a big scene, but I just loved that moment, was when Rey called out to all of the fallen Jedi to be with her and have those Jedi speak. And again, particularly, I loved the fact that we got people like Ahsoka, oh, people, like, people like Kanan, uh, Liminara, people from the Clone Wars and Rebels onto that big screen. I would have loved to have seen them as Force Ghosts. Um, that may have distracted away from the momentum of that particular scene with Palpatine. Um, but, you know, that moment of hearing Anakin say, bring, for, bring balance to the Force, um, Mace Windu, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, both, both actors who played Obi-Wan having a cut. I love that. Even thinking about that scene right now, seeing them as Force ghosts brings a, almost puts a shiver down my spine. Mm-hmm. Because I imagine, and, and I guess the reason they um, haven't, haven't done them as Force ghosts, because I think you know, Ahsoka's an interesting character. I think there's going to be things with her in the future. So they probably didn't want to box themselves in with how does she look and, and, and showing everyone in sort of a, a physical form. But that would have been really awesome to kind of almost like in a V shape or something like having them stand behind Ray, yep. and like you've actually got the power of all the Jedi's behind you they kind of did incredible that, they kind of did that in Doctor Who once uh, one of the recent 50th anniversary they had all the previous Doctors in, literally in a V shape all behind them they didn't right. like zoom in on them but you could see who they were by their outfits mm-hmm. and it was a great Doctor Who moment uh, I think they could have done that quite easily here um, before I go into because I've got a, a big beef with the film I want to talk about okay. do you have a favourite moment you want to talk about first or? <clears throat> um, look I I think my favourite, when I think about the movie, the bits that really resonate with me are actually... <clears throat> there's so many big set pieces, the the lightsaber duel on the parts of the, the, the Death Star, even yeah. though it, it was kind of missing um, almost like a Jewel of the Fates type um, soundtrack behind it, which was kind of fun, But I enjoyed those moments. I really enjoyed the Emperor scenes. Um, and I know these are a little bit controversial, but I even enjoyed the having some desert scenes because it, it really gave me the Return of the Jedi vibe. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, no, I, I feel like there's, I don't know if there's, there's one particular scene that stands out for me, but there's a whole bunch of moments that collectively kind of bring a bit of warmth to my cold yeah. dead heart about, about this movie. Good. So to, to, to play the negative note on this, this is a... I can't believe you're going to say anything negative about well, because this. What makes it so strange for me is because it's also positive. So when Ray and Kylo have their battle on the remains of the second Death Star and Ray takes off in Kylo's X-Wing, uh, uh, TIE Fighter, and, and flies away, and he's there, and you hear, hey, kid. I was like, holy, wow, we're going to see, and the camera pans, and there he is, Han Solo. It's this dream vision, whatever it is. And it was a great one. I love the scene, and I love the fact that, you know, I think had Carrie Fisher been alive, it would have been her moment to, Definitely to bring, been, to yeah, bring that's right. um, Kylo back. But the missed opportunity for me 
is that the person who Kylo, who's actually identified with the most, is Vader. And so it should have been Force Ghost Anakin, it should have been Hayden Christensen, it should have been, hey, actually, don't finish what I started. Definitely, it made almost zero. Like, so first of all, we've already had the touching moment with um, Han and Kylo, even though Kylo killed yeah. killed him. But I thought we've already kind of had that scene, and yeah. it was. Um, that's where you could have done CGI Leia because it would have made much more sense. Like you've already shown us in the movie that Leia is like she's got a high rating on the force sensitive scale. Yeah. She's definitely learned about um becoming a force ghost. That would have made the perfect sense bring in blue CGI Leia to talk to Kylo because I feel like that's the connection that stopped Kylo doing some of the things that he was about to do. Right, right. And I feel like she's the one who kind of kept that force connection with him through through different channels. Yeah. Um I follow all of your logic on the Leia. I disagree that it could have been CGI I don't think that ever would have worked. People had so much problem with Leia being CGI'd in Rogue One for one word that I just think for a scene, they would have lost it. Who's going to do the voice? People would have never accepted it. When I say CGI, I mean, like, I don't want to... Because I think that's my other problem with the scene. And I know that, like, like, is it a dream? What is it? Is I didn't like seeing Han in, like, a... Like, as a human. Like, I would have rather have seen, like, the Force Ghost version. And I know that, like, Han couldn't have been a Force Ghost. And that's why I think, for me, you either had to do Force Ghost Leia or you had to do Force Ghost Anakin. Anakin. And and so Anakin makes more sense because if you're going to idolise Vader throughout the whole movie, then... Yeah. Where, where do you go with it? Like, I mean, the only link for me that makes sense is in The Last Jedi when um, Luke is saying, look, I, I can't... You know, no, sorry, sorry. So in the, For- in the Force Awakens, is like, you know, if Luke couldn't turn him, how the hell am I going to win? Mm-hmm. like, well, Luke's a Jedi. You're his father. You can really get through. Yeah, him. that's right. That's the link there, I guess. But for me, it's Vader who he idolises. So to have the, the, the Force Ghost of Anakin come back in not only makes sense from a story, but also, it, and this is my big beef, is that I don't feel that this film, as much as I love it and you love it, I don't feel like it brings together not only the sequel trilogy, I don't think it really wraps those three films that well. It certainly doesn't wrap up what we're calling the Skywalker saga. No, I that's right. Like there wasn't enough to bring it back across those 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 three separate trilogies, and I feel like that was the big one that they missed, and uh, I don't know why they didn't go on that path. It seems like if you and I can think it's a good idea, they must have discussed it. It, it, it makes the mind boggle, because I think what what is happening in that writer's room, what is happening across those those boardroom tables, because... I think the the really sad thing for me now is we, we call it this whole, the Skywalker saga, mm. but now because of the age of all of those actors, we've even lost some of those actors in yeah. real life now, we don't actually have a chance to truly make it the Skywalker saga. And I think we talked about this briefly the other day. It really makes me think that it would have almost been more interesting to do Ray Kylo hundreds of years in the, in the future yeah. where Kylo's kind of idolising um, a Vader and actually... Really, if you're going to wrap up the the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. for me, that really needs to focus heavily on Luke, yeah. or it needs to focus heavily on, on one of his children. Not enough Force goes Luke in this movie, by the way. No. Uh, no. I really expected, especially when if you look at the poster and his name gets that <coughs> sort of that top billing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, oh yeah, we're going to have a lot of Force goes Luke. Like we had Obi-Wan as a Force ghost in Empire and Return of the Jedi. I thought Luke's going to do the same thing, but a whole lot more. That's right. And I thought that Luke and Anakin might actually turn... Kylo back to the to the to the light side. Um, I just felt that, and that would have been a great combo. Yeah, great combo. I mean, and you know, 
not everyone's watched the prequel trilogy and people were like, who's, who's this guy, Anakin? Why should I care about him? But, you know, that you've got to look at the bigger picture and the longevity of a, of a nine-film saga. So, um, so yeah, so that was my, my beef with it. But as you say, it's, um, you know, overall, this is a great movie. It's a great rollercoaster. I cannot wait to watch it again. That's the, you know, when you know you can't wait to watch it again, you know, that tells you that you obviously did really, really enjoy it. I agree, and I think that... What I'm what I'm actually looking forward to doing is actually sitting down and what and watching this this trilogy together as okay. a set, because yep. um, I think that'll already in, in the in the lead up to this watching the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi I actually I felt better about the Last Jedi rewatching it, kind of a bit more chilled out about it and kind of actually yeah it kind of fits together and I wonder whether you know in another six months when this is out on, on Blu-ray or digital, or however you watch it. Mm. it. It'll be an interesting package to watch as, as three films. And we, we mm. probably should revisit it. We probably should watch all three and then, and then talk about it as a, as a trilogy. Yep, no, I, I entirely agree. And I, I, I wonder how that will feel as a trilogy because one of the things, you know, people criticise the, the prequel trilogy for a number of reasons. And one of the things that was strong with that was the fact that it was a singular vision. It was George Lucas. He wrote it from start. And whether you liked some of the lines mm, around that's right. you know, the love scenes in particular, perhaps, uh, with that singular vision, it felt like a trilogy. The original trilogy feels like a trilogy. That's right. This one just feels like a J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson. JJ, they, I think as standalone films, I really enjoy them. I'm a massive fan of The Last Jedi. Right. But now when I consider this as a trilogy, I'm actually really... I feel annoyed at that middle chapter That's right. because the two bookends are quite clearly a different vision. You've got J.J. Abrams. There were some really some moments where Luke catches the lightsaber and he's like, oh, you need to treat this with more respect. And I, I'm a bit cynical. I'm thinking, is that actually J.J. Abrams' way of saying, hey, Ryan, you should never have made Luke chuck his lightsaber yeah, that's away? Right. Yep. I, didn't, I was a little bit unsure about that. So, um, yeah, I'm, look, I'm, like, I'm looking forward to the rewatch as a nine, I think, if I've ever got the time to ever do that in my life, that would be an amazing rewatch. I think the the interesting thing, and I wonder whether this is both a, a good thing and a bad thing, is that what it's actually done is opened up some opportunities for shows like The Mandalorian mm-hmm. um, to actually start bringing in some of the... Some of the Palpatine stuff. Some that, of the Snoke stuff. Maybe. Yeah, some of the Snoke stuff. Like the, these, these opportunities to yeah. not go heavy-handed on it, but to yeah. bring in a flavour. And I think um, this is where, obviously, Star Wars now being part of the, the Disney kind of universe, is they're thinking, they're thinking endgame. They're thinking, like, much bigger picture. How does this all connect together? How can we sort of tell different stories from this? And I think I'm almost kind of glad... That we're for better or worse, that, that we're we've actually this is the end of the of the Skywalker saga for now, mm-hmm. um, because I think I'd be really interested in to see where do, where do we go next. Obviously, we've got more Mandalorian coming, we've got um, the Obi Wan series, we've got a new season of the Clone Wars, but I'm actually ready for a whole different era. Um, yeah, and yeah. and I I, I want to fall in love with some new characters. Are you thinking maybe? Sort of Old Republic, before Phantom Menace. Well, like, like you know, I don't know if you've watched any of the, there's the Old Republic games. If you've watched any of the sort of uh, a mashup of the CGI scenes, there's some fascinating stuff <clears throat> in the in the Old Republic time. Um, there's some amazing Sith. There's there's a lot of like there's a lot of great characters in there. I think you've either got to go forward or you've got to go back. Yeah. But you've got to go back far enough that we don't touch any of the the Skywalker legacy. Yeah. I think that that should only be dealt with through, I think, almost other TV-based shows that we're, we're dealing with now. Yeah. And, and I'm going to wrap up, but one other thing I thought of is 
suddenly these star destroyers have all got planet-killing weapons. Mm. Like they've all they've all got the power of a Death Star or a Star Killer base. That's right. That's right. That, that was a bit of a leap. Um, so. Uh, you know, Palpatine's obviously been working on this for a long time. That's so right. what you said there makes even more sense if we can bring him into the Mandalorian and show that, hey, he's working on something in the background. Maybe, and I don't want to call him Baby Yoda, the child, the asset, maybe maybe that he ends up with, with that. And this is kind of, I think, the exciting thing as a Star Wars fan is th- if you're into the wider universe, both through books, television, comics, whatever it may be, there's actually a chance... Almost like um, like an app developer might roll out an update to their app that rolls out some new features or yeah. missing components through the wider universe. Mm. They can actually kind of um, fix or bridge some of these stories to actually give them much better context okay. and actually make you appreciate a movie in a whole different way. And I think you know, I think you can even hear the the tone of the internet now where people used to hate the prequels yeah. so much, yeah. and I feel like now people have actually got a different appreciation for the prequels because there's so much content out there and there's so many great stories that the the actual prequel movies are just one lens on on a component of that timeline. That's so um, I can't, I think it's like it's still an awesome time to be a Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah. It's still um, there's still so many more great stuff. To come, I could probably debate this movie forever. If someone said in this room who was a non Star Wars fan and said, I hate that movie, I could argue black and blue about why it's, why it's so great. That's but right. that, that's why I enjoy our conversations because it's kind of. A, yeah. Oh, we feel like we've ripped it apart, but I'm still ranking that movie in my top four. Like after A New Hope Empire, it's, it's kind of up there for me with like uh, Solo, Rogue One, Last Jedi. It's in that mix of those top right, movies. I mean, right. So we're, you know, we're pulling it apart, but it's a, it's a great movie. It's, you know, it's a roller coaster. I, I feel it like because I, I, I consider it one of our own. It's like, you know, you might be able to sort of um, talk badly about one of your family members, but no one else can. That's so right. That's right. You're allowed to, right? <laughs> you, you're allowed to. That's good. So um, a little worry about time. We need to probably wrap up. Yeah, we should. Um, so what are we going to talk about next Next on um, Half Measures? That's a good question. Uh, I think, you know, we could flick it back to television. I'd love to talk about The Mandalorian at some point. Definitely. There's, on that. there's also a whole bunch of exciting content coming out this year. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe... Um, platform Wars. Like what's, which platform oh, is the best bang for buck? So many good things, yeah. And I know that like, The Mandalorian's actually not even out in every region at the moment, so... So our UK listeners actually should probably avoid that podcast. It, it, even our um, listeners in Japan, like when I was in Japan over Christmas, I actually couldn't watch the last episode of The Mandalorian until I got back to New Zealand, so... Geo-blocked. Geo-blocked. Um, anyway, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Agreed. That's what we're contracted for, right? That's right. Um, make sure you tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. That would really warm our, warm our cold, dead hearts. And follow us on Twitter at Half Measures Pod. May the force be with you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>